Good morning, my name is Bob Thomas. I'm one of the pastors here at Stony Brook Church. On behalf of our senior pastor, the Reverend Mary Jo Yakel, who is completing her vacation and will be back in the office tomorrow, and our preacher of the day, Reverend Jennifer Casey, I greet you and welcome you to our worship service this morning. Now we're in the second week of a four-part preaching series entitled Good Grief. Today, continuing in the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, Pastor Jennifer will help us to explore Martha's very natural feelings of anger arising from the fact that her brother has just died. So take a moment right now to call or use the button on Facebook to invite a family member or friend that you think would benefit from this message of hope in these troubling times. I have some announcements for you this morning. Stony Brook is seeking a part-time broadcast director to oversee our in-house live stream ministry. For a job description and more information and applications, go to www.stonybrook.church. 
On February 2nd, our endowment committee is hosting an online estate planning seminar. You can register by going to our homepage or use the link on our weekly electronic news notes. And remember, next Sunday is a fifth Sunday, and it is our custom to collect an offering for United Methodist Children's Home Family Services. Listen now as Deb, our organist Deb Chotkaviz and pianist Christina Sebriak play for us, I love to tell the story as we center our hearts for worship this morning. Join me now responsively in Psalm 40, the first five verses. I waited patiently for the Lord, who inclined to me and heard my cry. The Lord drew me up from a desolate The Lord put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. 
Many will see and be in awe and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false gods. O Lord my God, you have multiplied your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be numbered. Join now as our ensemble sings for us, Stand By Me. As we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, I want to remind you folks that we would love to be in prayer with you and for you. You can simply go to the Connect card and include your information, and if there's a prayer request, please include it there, and our staff and prayer team would, would be in prayer for you and your prayer concerns. This morning, as you're watching on Facebook, if you have a prayer concern, you can simply include it in the comments and invite the community to join with you in prayer. Let us pause now for a time of prayer. God, our creator, this past week, we heard the call to national unity. But we must confess, O oh Lord, that we first need to reclaim our unity with you. Today we offer our prayers as persons who often feel less than whole. We've experienced losses that have diminished us and made us angry. And we confess that sometimes we have chosen to linger too long in our anger. We have found our attention to your will divided by other claims upon us. And we have discovered how difficult it is to fulfill our very best intentions. God, our sustainer who stands beside us in the storms of life, amid all kinds of tribulation, even our personal failures, we offer our prayer as a people that often feel less than whole. We have sensed an incompleteness to our unity, 
whenever the differences between us seem more important than the one spirit that gives us common life. We have practiced a fractional faith, and we have divided our loyalties in ways that do not allow full service to you, who are none other than resurrection and life. Forgive us, Lord, and enable us to enjoy the fullness of your love and presence. Strengthen us and inspire us to wholehearted devotion. And help us to learn that if we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy. We now pray with compassionate hearts for the multitude upon multitudes who have been afflicted with COVID-19 worldwide. So many have died, Lord. So many are suffering, and the impact is so multifaceted. Today we name before you the more than 400,000 fellow Americans who have died because of the novel coronavirus. Please hear the silent prayers of our hearts for the families, friends, and neighbors of those within our own borders who have died. O Lord, if it were not for your saving power and gracious love, we would be overcome. Thank you for that assurance that you will always stand beside us. As the days are getting longer by minutes, we are reminded by nature itself that light always overcomes the darkness. And you, O Lord, are the light of the world. We thank you for the blessings of family, home, and sustenance. Thank you for the blessing of your redeeming love. Thank you for giving us brothers and sisters, not determined by race and ethnicity, but gifted by our very shared breath of life that comes from your creative hand. Come now among this virtual gathered community. Help us to focus on the message that you have for each heart today. Bless your servant, our preacher, Pastor Jennifer, as she unpacks for us the truth of the good news of your son, Jesus, who is resurrection and life. Hear these and all our prayers in the holy name of Jesus, and following his instruction, we call you Father and pray with one voice. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Listen now as our ensemble sings for us this anthem of hope and promise. He knows just what I need. Each pain. 
to God that our Jesus does indeed know just what we need. Hear now these words from scripture from the gospel according to John chapter 11 verses 17 through 27. Hear these words of good news today. When Jesus arrived he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, 
I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O God, for the gift of Holy Scripture, we give you thanks. We ask that you open our hearts and our minds for your words of grace for us today. We pray all of this in the name of our resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grief is a curious thing. As it ebbs and flows over time, the sands smooth some of the jagged places in our hearts, softening and changing us. At times, it feels all-consuming. Other times, mildly present. It's complex and conflicted. It shows up in our emotions, our behaviors, and in our bodies. Grief hurts, it changes, and it moves. Grief is a curious thing. Using the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead and the stages of grief as defined by Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, we are spending four weeks examining and exploring how God designed us to cope with loss and to make meaning out of loss in our lives through the grief process. Last week, we centered and began with denial. We learned that there is grace in denial. Experiences of shock and numbness that are often present at the beginning of the grief protects our psyches from an overwhelming flood of emotions. As time moves on and reality sets in, other emotions eventually surface and the journey of grief continues all of it moving us toward healing and wholeness. Now, as a reminder, I just want to say to you, I will continue to present grief in a very linear fashion throughout the sermon series, but grief is anything but linear. It is anything but structured. It's messy and conflicted. Grief is complex your process will be different from others. This is normal and expected. And as always, if you find yourself needing pastoral care or additional resources, please reach out to myself or Pastor Mary Jo or Pastor Bob. We are here for you. Last week, our story began with Jesus, who waited two days before, after hearing his friend Lazarus was ill, before making his way to visit the family. For some reason, he chose to buck cultural expectations and did not go to visit the family right away. Could Jesus potentially have had a flash of denial, even ever so briefly, as the one who we believe is fully human and fully divine, this could very well be a possibility. 
Jesus eventually informed the disciples, though, that the death of Lazarus will help them to believe. And after telling the disciples this, he headed off for Bethany. Our story picks up today with Mary and Martha, who are devastated that their brother has died. Their community has surrounded them in their sorrow, and Jesus shows up too late. Lazarus is dead. Like, really dead. Jesus doesn't show up on day one, or day two, or even day three. If we were first century Jews, we would get it. Because we would believe that though the body may be gone, the soul still lingered for three days after the death of the physical body. Lazarus was dead, really dead, four days dead, soul gone, along with the body, dead. Jesus showed up too late. There was no viability left, no option of resurrection, no hope in a miracle. Martha is angry. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Grief is a curious thing. Anger is a necessary stage for the grieving process. In losing a loved one, there may be anger associated at the one who has died, feelings of anger, betrayal, and resentment for being left is a common reaction. At times, our anger may be directed toward medical professionals, believing they did not do all that they could to save our loved one. At other times, our anger may be directed toward friends or families who just don't get it. Anger may even be directed toward the nebulous, like a pandemic. Anger can be with our leaders, our politicians, and our neighbors who we don't believe are doing all they need to be doing. And at times, we might even be angry with God. Somehow in church, we have learned that it is not okay to be angry with God. The reality is our anger has no limits. And God is big enough to handle our anger. After all, God designed us this way. Our questions and our lamenting are all a part of the way we were designed by God. It's a part of our process. It is okay, and it is valid. Martha is angry at Jesus. Grief is a curious thing. At times, it feels like waves in the ocean, constantly moving forward and backward, creating froth on top, churning the sand below, feelings which seem out of control, powerful, and all-consuming are present. Get caught in the waves in just the right or the wrong way, and you may be pulled in and from the strong force of the undertow. Overwhelming, uncomfortable, uncontrollable. Jesus' response to Martha, he doesn't chastise her for her emotions. 
He doesn't try to move her into a different emotional state. He doesn't minimize or dismiss her. He doesn't placate her. He listens. He receives. He responds. He reveals. I am the resurrection and the life, he says. Those who believe in me, even though they may die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus is the very embodiment of life. Martha is looking at, talking to, and angry with the very embodiment of life. Anger protects us from the pain that may be too much to bear in the moment. After the initial loss, we may feel disconnected and disjointed from the world. Anger gives us an anchor, some structure to our grief. There's no need to be scared of anger, for it is in the anger that we move forward on our journey of healing. By allowing the waves to crash around us and not running from them, our sight will eventually begin to clear. We will eventually see the depths of the water below. And though the waves may be crashing over and over and over again, relentlessly it is not the end of the journey. There is something below the surface. There are emotions underneath the anger waiting for their time to be noticed and acknowledged. There's more to explore as we allow ourselves to dip down into the water and to go deeper into our grief process. So often in churches, we don't allow for the fullness of human emotions to be expressed. In our discomfort with our own emotions, we just want the feelings to go away, to stop and to suppress them. We want them to leave. In our discomfort, then, we don't allow others to process through their grief well. It's not uncommon to hear people say things like, it was just God's plan, or just have hope, everything will be okay. While I suspect those comments are intended to offer comfort, they often end up denying people their authentic emotional response to pain. And these types of comments can lead to ongoing feelings of guilt and shame for those who are experiencing grief, very normal, very real responses to grief. Anger actually serves a purpose. And if we gloss over it or try to suppress it, we will not fully uh, process our loss. Despite what society has told us, anger is not bad. There can be destructive behaviors associated with anger that lead to harm, but anger in and of itself is not bad. Anger, like all other emotions, is neutral. It is society which has assigned value judgments to normal human emotions. Ministries like Grief Share give authentic and safe space for the fullness of the grief experience. Support groups are one way to help us 
go deeper in our process. They provide a place where others know and have experienced and are experiencing similar pain to ours. Support groups can help give structure to understanding the grieving process. They normalize grief with the reminder that none of us is alone in this journey. Grief Share is a support group offered here at Stony Brook Church. Through Grief Share, participants walk alongside others uh, who are grieving the loss of a loved one. Through videos and workbook exercises and group conversations, participants learn about the normal parts of grief. From the emotions that they may experience to the way grief may present itself in the body. The curriculum addresses things like trauma and signs of post-traumatic stress disorder. It gives direction on how to find help should you need further help. Grief Share doesn't shy away from tough topics. It covers things like guilt and forgiveness and death due to suicide and death due to murder or another violent action. Grief Share also covers children and grief. Parents and caregivers often ask questions about how to talk to children about grief and death. If you are watching on Facebook, you will see a link pop up to our website, stonybrook.church grief. If you click on that link and follow it, you will find a resource handout on children and adolescent grief. In this resource, it outlines developmental responses to grief, along with ways that you can help the child or adolescent in your life with their grief. You'll also see a link to griefshare.org, which has a number of resources available for any stage in the grief process and any life stage as well. Additionally, Kristen Frederick, our Director of Children's Ministries, and Ben Lilly, our Director of Youth Ministries, are available for you to answer questions, to listen to you, and to help you find additional resources should you need them. Just like your pastors, they are here for you. Grief Share is a way to experience a caring Christian community with some accountability. Its goal is to help participants journey from mourning to joy. Watch now as Vicki Pack, one of the Grief Share leaders, talks about how Grief Share has helped her with her healing process. Hi, I'm Vicki Pack, one of the Grief Share leaders at Stony Brook Church. I recall a friend asking me, how are you doing on your grief work? I didn't know what that meant. Don't I just go through each day and adjust to a new life? Fortunately, I was introduced to Grief Share. Watching Grief Share videos with my group and seeing and hearing familiar situations about our losses showed me how much we have in common. Bible verses, are brought to us that remind us that God is ever-present even though I felt terribly alone. Week by week we developed comforting familiarity within our group. I am grateful 
moved, and yes, delighted, when a member expresses an emotion and other members respond with love and support. I can see the Holy Spirit at work. Doing life in community is powerful. It's healing. It is life. It is the work of God. The Grief Share leaders at Stony Brook Church, Mifflin Presbyterian, and Peace Lutheran feel so strongly about the life and hope available through this particular support group that they've worked together to ensure that no matter what point during the calendar year you may be experiencing grief and want to reach out for support, that there is a grief share program being offered in one of the churches. No matter when someone may need help throughout the year, there's something available in the Gehanna area because your grief matters to your church and to God. Grief is a curious thing. As it ebbs and flows over time, the sands smooth some of the jagged places in our hearts, softening and changing us, offering us hope and life. In time, we will begin to see that the very embodiment of life has been present through it all. Jesus was in the beginning. Jesus is present now. Jesus will be in the future. Life always was, always is, and always will be, even in the midst of death. May God's gift of grace through mercy and comfort rest upon each of us as we do the painful work of wrestling with loss. For grief is a curious thing. Amen.
each week during this Good Grief uh, worship series, we will lift one of the ministry partners that we uh, supported through our Christmas offering this past year. Each of these ministry partners were chosen to support this year because of the good work that they do through their mental health initiatives. Uh, take a look now at the good work that Kindway and Embark Ministries is doing in the lives of those who were previously incarcerated. Before I got with Kindway and Embark, I was really worried. I remember praying to God, like, if he could just make a way for me not to go back to Toledo. I think it was going to be really, really hard. Really, really hard for me. I guess I was scared a lot of what people would think about me and um, financially how I was going to make it. For me, it was just, you know, how am I going to get out there and, and get back on my feet and, you know, get a job. There was no way I could have made it by myself. I couldn't find a decent job or a decent place to live because of my record. That's when the anxiety and everything kicked in, you know, when I first got out and, and life, you know, really came at me. I did, I had nothing, I had no clothes, I, I had to start over completely. Kind of way being an answer to my prayers, I didn't have to worry about where I was going to sleep. I didn't have to worry about what I was going to eat, what I was going to wear for months. I didn't have a bed to sleep on. Um, and Bart got me a bed. If I wanted to go to church, we're, we'll be there. We'll be there to pick you up. Recovery um, groups, you need to get there. We'll be there to pick you up. I mean, it was just um, awesome. Kindway allows you to stay on that path, you know, to you could truly just focus on your walk with God. We're gonna, we're gonna help you, but most importantly, let's just keep Christ in mind. This is what kingdom living looks like. I just think of ministry as, to break it down, Jesus manifested in the flesh. <laughs> That's Embark. You can continue to support the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church uh, through your financial gifts by going to stonybrook.church slash give and giving online or as always by mailing your financial gift into the church office. As we leave this time of worship, go in the peace and love of Jesus Christ knowing that you get to embody life for the world. You get to share your story with others, offering hope and connecting in that way. It is with, these, uh, with this hope and life that we send one another through our benediction. Will you join me? May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go in peace, my friends. Amen.